Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Find Your Style Project Liz podcast. It's your host here right now, Elizabeth Richardson, and I have my special friend, Andrea, here with me. We are excited. We just had like a super powered 25 minutes of just talking and growing each other back and forth. So I'm super excited for the business as women that we're going to be creating together. And that kind of brings us into our topic. We want to talk about women in business. Yes. So I was kind of racking my brain, figuring out like what topic to even bring to you guys because life is always busy, right? Yep. It is too busy sometimes. Right. It's like when do you catch your breath? When do you sleep? When do you eat? You know, sometimes you just get so wrapped up in so much. So um, I thought, why not talk about women in business? Because I'm a business owner. Andrea is a business owner um, of her own business and clientele. So, and many of you listeners either work for a business or you have your own business. So definitely send some feedback on what your thoughts are about our conversation, what you thought about it, what it is that you want us to talk about, um, some questions you have for us, and also women in business kind of answer some questions that we may have for you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we're going to dive right into the first part of women in business, and that's living your truth. Um, how important to you is it to live your truth? I mean, I feel like that makes you, you know, who you are as a person, not only, you know, I know last time we talked about relationships and race and rediscovery. And I think living your own truth, you know, kind of ties our life together as a whole, because if you're not living, you know, by truth of something, you know, then what are you living by? So I think living by truth, you know, is something that carries over, you know, from childhood into adulthood, even though that changes because of, you know, personal growth, you're maturing, that kind of thing. But definitely having that standard of living, you know, creates that kind of person who you're going to be. Right. I can't even, I mean, you summed it up like perfectly (laughs) because I mean, especially with social media and just being like. A woman in business like living your own personal truth is what makes you so different from other people mm-hmm. and I mean uh, that's why I think I have a passion for business because I get to know other people's truth right. and and I just love when people open up about their truth because then I'm like okay I can relate to them right um, and it makes you feel more comfortable and you build that relationship with them I feel right and I think you know for me it's a little bit different in the sense of having a clientele based uh, business, I guess you could say. And, you know, the whole going even back to being a business owner, it's, you know, I work for other women and in a, you know, privately owned company. But at the same time, when I consider myself a business owner, I consider it that way just because still I'm working for someone else. But at the same time, I'm working for myself, which is my truth. You know, I don't go into work thinking everything's going to be handed to me or provided for me. Obviously, they give me tools to be able to grow and to be a better, you know, esthetician. But at the same time, it's still my business at the end of the day, because I still have to keep those clients, I have to gain them. They have to be able to trust me and, you know, what I'm doing. And I think, you know, if I wasn't a truthful or honest or, you know, who I am as a person, that says a lot about the people you surround yourself with. And, you know, having clients, it's one of those things of it can be 
a really touchy area because you, I don't want to say you have to charm your guest, but at the same time, like you have to be human. You have to be attentive. You have to be, you know, a hundred percent of that person being there is because they're choosing to be there. So I have to be able to offer that service that they feel like this is elite. I want to keep coming back to her, not only because of the service I'm offering her or offering, you know, as a whole, but that person, you know, I come back because she provides this for me, but still as a person, I love her. You know what I mean? Right. You build, you build a a trusting relationship with them. So Mm -hmm. they know like, and trust you. Right. Which is awesome. And I love that you always talk about choice Mm -hmm. because like I'm an option person. Like when it comes to anything, like when either I'm shopping, if I'm picking out clothes for my daughter, like she has clothing options and but like life options mm-hmm. you're it's their choice to come and get serviced by you right like they could have went to a different place to get mm-hmm. service but they chose you because they know like and trust you right and i love that you choice mm-hmm. it's like so it's so important because a lot of people don't make the right choice right and you have to like i'm always doing investigation on my people that mm-hmm. i want to get a service from You know, I want to know, like, and trust them, but I also want to creep on them to make sure that I can trust them and that I do like what they're putting out there. So, I mean, being a woman in business, like, you have to really safeguard your emotions and keep it professional. Right. But also, you have to know that your clients are making a choice to come to you and be thankful for that. Right. And holding yourself, you know, to a higher standard, you know, than even sometimes you give yourself credit for because it's so easy in our conversation even earlier it's so easy to be self-critical and pick out everything that you feel like you're not doing right or you know what's going wrong in your life and this and that but you know when you're at work if that's you know you're 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 choosing to call it work or your career or um you know your home or whatever it's like you have to kind of stop and be better than that situation because there's those times where how many times have you been around somebody that you're feeding off their energy because they're in a negative space? And when I have, you know, even a client that might be upset or, you know, disgruntled about something, I have to remember to check my emotions and check how I'm feeling so that's not being portrayed on to them. Right. They have no clue, you know, what's going on maybe personally in my life, but you better believe, like, I'm there for them 100% because I'm committed to offering the best service or the best environment that I can when I have that special time with them, I guess you could say. So I think it's important, you know, kind of even going back to choices is just choosing to be there a hundred percent and not thinking like, oh, you know, I'm having a bad day at home or a bad day with my boyfriend or whatever it might be, leaving it at the door and going in and giving 100% of who you are to be able to offer that elite service. Right. You, you literally just spoke to me like, cause this morning <laughs> I was telling you about like my dad, when I first got out the car, like I just wanted to tell him about the Google voices that we had like 98 of them. I had went through them, cleared some out and then we wanted to go into this whole thing of technicalities and technical issues with the Google Voice. And I'm like, I have someone coming. And, you know, and it was like, okay, women in business. And it's like, you know, I'm in a family-owned business. Mm-hmm. And I love my dad. He's the most amazing person. He's really a true businessman. But then I'm like, but, I ha- but I'm also a businesswoman. And I'm like, I have 
a time someone's gonna be here and I need cleanliness to be occurring to give that exceptional service. Yeah. And, you know, choosing those moments that, you know, I wasn't in the right mindset. I was like, I'm still tired. I worked my butt off this past weekend and past week. Then I'm like, I just want to sleep. I want to go on vacation. You know, like my mind wants to turn off, but I'm like, I have to go. I have to break through that point where I like want to stop and also like check myself. Mm -hmm. Be like, hey, just because I'm not in the right headspace, it's not right to like talk this way or act this way. And I was like, you have to give that 100% and you have to also check yourself. And I had to like check myself hard because I'm tired. Right. <laughs> I'm putting those things on the shelf. You know, it's it's hard. I think human nature is go, 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 go. But not taking that time to set it on a shelf. It's, it's going to be okay for an hour or two. And then you can come back to that and finish what you need to do. Exactly. You know, and not feel guilty about, you know what? I need to take a break from this for a minute. And I'm going to come right back to it. That's okay, too. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to give yourself a timeout sometimes. Right. It's not a bad thing. No. It's a way to recollect and give yourself a little bit of self-care and self-reflection. Yeah. So you can, you know, get back to the right mindset. So the next one um, is actually going to be client loyalty because I think it's so, like, fascinating that women in business have so many different careers Like, you're a service-based business. We're a product-based business. So, like, your clientele, I mean, obviously, we're both businesses. We're trying to make our money and, you know, live off of that. But also, like, how do you work with your clientele and their loyalty? Um, Because I'm trying to learn and grow our business because I love service. Um, Because I was in retail for a long time. So, I was selling other people's product. But service is really what I love the most. And so, I want to, like, nurture the customer and Mm -hmm. take care of them. But we have a product we're selling and even though we have a, a shop space, um, I really want to gauge the online community mm-hmm. and, and nurturing them. So I'm so excited to hear about like your customer loyalty on your end of being an esthetician. Yeah. So, you know, even starting out, so I started aesthetics uh, seven years ago. Well, eight, if you want to count, you know, when I was going to school, that kind of thing. But um, seven years ago is when I started at Soto and it was one of those places that I walked into for the first time and just felt this is all right guys sorry about that we had technical difficulties my dad called and it kind of messed up the thing even though I declined it so he may be barging into the shop here soon and saying hello to you all you guys but um I'm gonna get back to Andrea so she can let you know about like her her history with Soto So I started at Soto seven years ago, and for me, it was one of those places that I walked into knowing this is where I want to be. I walked around, had a tour. I went for um, their annual event. It's called Soto's Favorite Things. I don't want to interrupt you because I don't want you to get off track, but I just think it's so amazing that like you walked in there and you felt that calming. Right. How many of you guys have felt that feeling in situations you go into? Because like... There's a lot of situations I walk into where I don't have that feeling. Right. Like, and I don't know if it's other people's energies, because I'm just now getting into, like, the whole energy levels. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. know there was levels. So I'm like, you know, where am I at? Where are other people at? Because I sense people's energy, like, hardcore. Right. And so I think that's amazing that you had that feeling walking in mm-hmm. to a place of work. Right. And it was, it was just, I, and it's one of those unexplainable type situations because I did walk in feeling 
just this peace, you know, the sense of, yes, calmness and all that, but also at that place of this is where I can see myself growing and this is where I can see myself in 10 years. I just had a conversation with one of my best friends yesterday about diet, exercise, all that. And, you know, this is squirrel off topic for a second, but I'm going to come right back. But we were talking about, you know, exercise and things that are attainable and you know everybody comes out with these fad diets you should try this Uh you should try that have you heard of these pills have you heard of this drink have you heard of these shakes yep and then you're confused because you're like well which one works Mm -hmm. well uh one of my best friends she is a um trainer she owns a gym she's amazing a mom a wife just so much going on but Anytime there's anybody talking about, well, you should try this when it comes to health, she's always my go-to person because that's her profession, right? So I trust her in every sense of the word when it comes to my health, when it comes to diet and exercise. And she said, if you can see yourself doing it for the next 10 years, most likely it's for you and it's going to work. Mm. Where that really put it into perspective. Can I see myself buying this shake for the next 10 years or buying this protein bar for the next right. 10 years? Typically Sometimes, not. Yeah, I would say no. Hell no. Right. You know, it's just one of those things that probably not. Do the it's, cost analysis on that. Right. It's so much money. Right. And like, even though I'm on a plan because I want to compete. Like it just it tricks it changes my mindset because I think like when I get those DMs from people that want me to try their shakes or try that's that's great that's your own business go for it but I'm not about that because my mindset's like what were the cavemen doing right like they survived and they were shredded and they were healthy right. and lived for a long time and they lived off the land what's attainable it was attainable when none of this was around so it was just one of those things of. She's always my go-to person. And I am I know I'm always going to get the same answer, but every time I'm asking, maybe she's going to be like, oh my gosh, girl, yeah, that works. Where it always comes back to mm-hmm. diet and exercise. It always comes back to what are you eating right. and what, what are, are you, you doing, doing to, to maintain and burn those calories, which it's diet, what are you eating, and exercise. So, mm-hmm. you know, it brings me to that point of like, Nothing is ever going to be accomplished without, you know, consistency and doing what is best for, you know, you, your body type, that kind of thing. But, you know, so for me, this is now here. Here's my full circle going back to Soto in the next 10 years. It's like that was something and is still to this day. I'm at year seven that is attainable to me and something that I see myself doing. We're at seven years In 10 years, I still see myself there. Hopefully, you know, in a different position. And as I'm growing into that position, being able to, you know, maneuver through that and grow through that. And I've learned so much. But, you know, it's like I said, just connecting it with diet and exercise. It's it's not going to be attainable if you don't see yourself being there for the next however many years. So for me, that's where it was with Soto, knowing this is where I'm meant to be at this moment in my life. And I've always been one of those people who has kind of searched for where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? I've had a lot of jobs, I would call them, throughout you know my 30 years of life. But definitely not a job that I could say, yes, I see myself doing this 
for the next 10 years. You know, I had some jobs that I'm like, what am I doing here? I hate my life right now. I used to groom dogs and it was the most disgusting, dirty, hairy, smelly job. It was just for me, I love, I love, love, love animals and I love dogs. But there was this point in my life at a specific location that I would cry every day going to work because I hated it. I was miserable. I was like, what am I doing here? I was pregnant, hormonal, you know, but just I don't see myself doing this for the next 10 years. I see myself getting my money right now and bouncing like I don't want to do this. (laughs) And then I moved to a different dog groomer's. Uh, shop thinking okay this is going to be a little bit different and the atmosphere was better so that's what changed for me I gotcha but it was still that feeling of like this is not where I'm supposed to be and constantly I know on the last time we talked you know my point of um, value comes you know with faith and that kind of thing and talking with my husband I was saying like I just feel lost all the time I just felt lost on where am I supposed to be like where do I fit in And for me, it took a lot of conscious prayer and being devoted to figuring out what that was and still having moments through that journey of feeling maybe this isn't right for me. And that's a lot of the time just circumstance because of everything, what we were just talking about, everything that's going on in your life kind of gets to that point where you feel like you're going to combust. You feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to blow. Like I can't take the pressure of figuring out which direction and where I'm supposed to be and everything that's going on in my life and trying to manage it all. So, you know, I take um, my mentor's advice so serious. They are people that I have, from day one, been probably so annoying to it in some regard (laughs) because always asking them, well, how do I do this? Well, how can I grow? Well, why are we doing it this way? Well, what do you think about this? Is it okay? Just constantly questioning. But that's, so I'm in the same boat because my mentor is someone that I really look up to, um, Jan, and like from marketing, ideas, support, like helping with product development, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, wait, I'm getting to the point where like, you know, when you're the manager and you manage someone like your kids, you're like, do this, okay? This is how you do it. This is how it's done. Mm-hmm. And then, like, something that's a more, a little more advanced for them. Right. And they're like, but hold on. I know I can do this. I did this, you know? So, but I'm going to ask for help. Right. But every time they ask for help, you're like, oh, wait. They probably feel like they're annoying. Right. And so, then they get to a point where something's a little bit more advanced and they learned. And they're like, okay, I can do it. I got it. I got mm-hmm. it. I got it. And they're like, but wait, I'm doing something new that I want to do. Hold on. I need to ask for advice, yes. but I shouldn't. I yes. already know. I, and that's like, that's where I'm at now. Constantly <laughs> questioning that. Like, mm-hmm. where am I at and how do I get through this without feeling like, am I bothering somebody by asking them, how do I do this? How do you do this? But right. how do you ever learn or grow if you're not asking, how do I do this? How do I get to where you are? Because you are in a place that I'm aspiring to be. Right. So me constantly, so I don't have to keep saying my mentors, it's Leah and Victoria. I constantly am asking, okay, Victoria, what do you think about this? Leah, what do you think about this? Well, why this? And how many meetings we've had where I'm emotional in the regard of if I'm super pissed, I'm crying 
or if I'm just really overwhelmed. Those are kind of my breaking points where I'm going to shed a a few tears, Mm -hmm. you know? And hope that this helps me. (laughs) But it usually doesn't. It just makes you even more mad because you feel like you, like, you punked out. Right. And then you're sitting there, like, in this meeting just like, (laughs) I don't know what to do. Like, I'm so lost. And I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. You know, I cannot tell you how many times I have sat in meetings with them and just cried because... I don't know what to do. I don't know what my path looks like. I'm trying so hard, but I'm lost. And I don't know what to do where they have seen me through that. They have helped me grow through that. And do not get me wrong. There's still those times where I will be sitting in a meeting where I'm feeling emotional because of what we're talking about or feeling some type of way where Mm -hmm. I feel like, okay, I can feel my emotions, but gauging that I have a little bit more control on that That's now awesome. where I don't have to be in every meeting feeling emotional and I think it's okay to you know come forward with those emotions you know this is probably another topic for a later date but having emotions like we are taught also about you know you need to keep your emotions at the door and I just said that earlier mm-hmm. having to walk into work and leave things at the door how do you do that you know and that is something that When it comes to, here we go again, full circle, back to client loyalty, it's like, that is something you have to learn. Nobody can say, here's my directions on how I did it, now you go do it. You have to learn how to build yourself to make it, um, I'm going to go with, uh, make yourself appealing to other people to want to come back to you, right? You can't just one day somebody says, Liz, go in and I want you to get this person to come back. If you've never done that before, how do you know how to tell that person to come back to you and why should they come back to you? You know, you, or I should say I, estheticians, we're a dime a dozen. They're all over. We have probably hundreds in Toledo, and it's right now not, I wouldn't say an oversaturated market, but it is hard to find a job in aesthetics right now in our area because it's a thing right now. It's hot. It's, you know, everybody's becoming more and more conscious of their skin and beauty and their looks. So a lot of people are like, you know what? I want to go to school for this and I want to learn about this. But you still have to learn how to bring people into you and how to keep those people coming back to you. So for me, it's just been something that I have learned through Leah and Victoria to make myself appealing to people to be, this is going to go back to our first topic, to be true to who I am. My personality compared to our other, I don't know if there's 10, 11 of us, estheticians, I'm going to say there's 10, um, is very different than how everyone else is and how they have grown their clientele. You know, one of um, my good friends, Tanya, she is one of those people that when she sees her clients, she's like, hey, how are you? Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. Gives them these big hugs. She's so warm and friendly. I can hear her from in my room telling these people, I'm so glad to see you. (laughs) And you know, she remembers little things right oh you know I heard your cat was in the hospital or I remember last time you know you told me you're going on vacation that kind of stuff that's that kind of stuff that people want to know you care about them you think about them I have clients that have struggled through marriages relationships I, I mean just so many things that 
how have I learned to, you know, tailor who I am to be there for them? And that's one of those things of, you know, I've been taught this and how to have those conversations and learning, uh oh, don't go in that rabbit hole. Do not, do not enter. You know, you have to find those times of, it's just time to be quiet. It's time to let that guest of yours talk and have the floor and me just be quiet and listen because that's what sometimes your clients want right. they don't want you to talk they just want to be heard that's right. it so i have a question yeah. so before we had talked about how soto their process like how they have a therapist come in and talk to the employees about how to handle customers and with like that kind of stuff um and we can touch on that and i was also curious do you think that them having a therapist has helped you in your life with thinking, with like checking yourself, you know what I'm saying? Or is it more so you growing and developing and that? I would say, yeah, both. I would say growing just, you know, from the time that I started until where I am, I've learned so much. And then when they brought, um, so when Liz is talking about, you know, the therapist and that, so we had, um, a group come in from, they are uh, two therapists that people go in and, you know, talk to about, you know, problems or what's going great in their life. And right. I think at first it was one of those things, even for us, we were like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like, we're really going to do this right now? Like, we're really going to talk about feelings? But I think it's so important because we are constantly in an environment of people sharing about their life and you know that's another part of relationships is you're building that relationship by talking about what's going on in your life so for me I know I'm constantly asking clients like how was your day did you have plans over the weekend do you have plans this weekend any vacations coming up kind of learning those cues on conversation but also knowing when like shut your mouth don't don't ask don't talk about it don't worry Mm -hmm. about it it's none of your business now if they want to share that that's completely on them and I'm there to listen but when we had you know um these therapists come in it was really I felt like for me it was fun and it was interesting because I was a person that was comfortable with therapy because I had gone from probably the age of I want to say seven until high school Um, I had seen uh, a therapist and just kind of talked about you know life and what was going on um, with you know how was I feeling and I think I applaud my mom for that because it was one of those things and here we go probably another topic for later dates but it was one of those things that we did talk about in the sense of um, well I should say there were things that my mom didn't talk about with me and my dad didn't talk about with me but there were things we did talk about and feelings to an extent but she gave me that outlet with someone else so I could talk to them and I felt like when it um Leah Victoria Jessica and Jennifer said you know we want to bring these people in so we can kind of just gear how we can handle things personally because not only do we have to take on what our clients are feeling we have our own lives that we're taking on as well exactly so we are in this culture and society right now of Um, some unfortunate things, anxiety and depression and suicide. And not that I think this is a new thing, but I think people 
have more awareness. And I think more people are talking about it. And I also believe 100% somebody brought this up at that meeting that we had that some people just throw around those words because that's what society says. You know, you're, you're feeling anxious. Oh, you have anxiety. Like we are so quick to self-diagnose ourselves. We are so quick to tell somebody else what's wrong with them and what they're feeling. So it's easy for us to say, you know, yep, you have anxiety. Oh, you sound depressed. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to say like, oh yeah, you're suicidal, but you know, we think it's okay for us to put that on other people and it's not. I right. am 100% on... To put that into their mindset of them yeah. thinking that. like You're planting could. that seed in someone's mind when that is not your seed to plant. Right. You know? People are battling their own mindsets. Right. So basically, like... I can remember when I heard the word suicide. I just remember being in like high school and there was like hit list mm-hmm. and then I was like what's a hit like I didn't know what a hit list was right. I'm like what's a hit list and everyone's like talking 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 and then like I hit google you know what I'm saying because I wanted to know what it was it wasn't like I was gonna like but I'm a different person than some people like some people might not go to google mm-hmm. and or ask their parents or go to a therapist and and it's just like you have to like, have to be curious on your own right to to not like self-diagnose yourself but, but try and figure it out if you're not if you don't have the like tools to go to a therapist or like your parents aren't open about those things. Like my parents weren't open about it. My mom has um, like fibromyalgia and schizophrenia and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But like it could, it could be a misdiagnosis. Like, and that's what I grew up with. So like my mindset was like, don't go to that place and Mm -hmm. don't be that way. But like not going to that place, not being that way got me to that point where I was like, wait, what is the feeling that I'm feeling and what kind of emotions are am I having and I'm not, you know, addressing my shame closet. Right. You know, so, like, you also have to personally develop yourself and get curious and, you know, heal off of those moments because if you don't recognize them, they're still in that closet until you open that door and start talking about those topics, like, almost freely because once you start talking about it freely, it's, like, it's just another conversation mm-hmm. because you're still here talking about it. like. Right. And then you can you can grow from it. You can go back to the situation or like in your mind and kind of like replay it in a way to see like okay, well I acted this way because what triggered you? Right. And once you figure you figure out your trigger, then you're like okay, well maybe it's not anxiety. It was a situation I was in that I held on to anger. Right. And so that anger festered in you because you never addressed it. You know, this I'm just giving scenarios because that can happen like. With, that's what I've experienced. Right. And I feel like a lot of the listeners may have experienced that type of stuff. Like, anxiety is a real a real thing. Like, yes. you guys have heard the conversations I had with Jaylee, who deals with severe anxiety. Like, and I have, I have figured out my triggers when it comes to anxiety and being put into the spotlight. Mm-hmm. But that's a good thing. Right. That I have to overcome and be okay with talking about and also using my voice in that way. Right. So. Well, and recognizing, you know, for me, I know with anxiety and that kind of thing since since we kind of got off topic onto this by my mistake but (laughs) you know anxiety with work I feel like comes into play what the best way I saw this description of anxiety is anxiety is you're planning for the future before it happens anxiety comes from you thinking about what's next 
how is this going to happen? Where am I going to go? Where do I, you know, Mm -hmm. see myself? That's where anxiety comes from in my mind is it's planning for, you're worried about things that haven't happened. Yeah. That's, that's anxiety to me. So I have to be really aware of checking myself on is this in my control right now that I can actually do something about it? And most of the time, no, it's not. So why am I putting, yes, why am I putting this much worry, fear, doubt into something that has not even happened yet, right? So it's for myself, I know, and with clients and learning through these therapists is like, when you know they're coming in and talking to us because like I said there's a lot of stuff that we have in our own lives that we don't deal with while we are at work but hearing our guests speak freely and open to us I think really helps grow us as professionals as stylists as estheticians as massage therapists because we get to hear you know what someone else is going through this too Mm -hmm. someone else knows what this feels like and that's the same thing to come full circle like yet again is keeping those clients is because you care about what's going on in their life you care about Mm -hmm. what they're going through what their struggle is because they've shared that with you and even if they haven't shared you know these deep feelings or you know, anything beyond, oh, you know, this weekend I just, we had a picnic and we went, you know, Mommy Bay State Park, whatever. That's great, you know, and it's just one of those talking points of, oh, you know, I know last time you said you were at Mommy Bay, so, you know, did you do anything fun this weekend? It's it's just remembering those certain things that people are telling you to kind of keep that guest saying, wow, I can't, I can't tell you how many guests have said, I can't believe you remembered that. And you know, in my head, I'm like, well, why would I forget that? But you forget that some conversations don't have meaning. You think every conversation in that moment has meaning and sometimes they don't. It's just, you're just talking. It's just words. Yep. But then you have those people and you have those guests and you have those friends that you have those conversations with that you think back on a month ago or you know, a week ago or whatever it might be. And you think, wow, that was like a really powerful conversation right. where next time I can check in on you and how's mm-hmm. that going? How are you feeling? It's you like know, growing I think... together without even intentionally yeah. meaning to yeah. because I can see it from like the, the service provider, <clears throat> mm-hmm. like from your perspective of like, you know, it also gives you gratitude. It gives you a, a way to expand and connect with your own personal life, but also like, with your recurring customer loyalty. Right. But on the customer's end, it's like, I almost would feel so happy like to just be able to vent a little bit yes. and not have anyone say anything back to me because right. that makes me feel like this person isn't trying to control my life. They're just here to listen and be a friend. Right. And I think customer loyalty is how that's also built because being in retail before I would like instill in retail, but I'm always, you know, noticing those little things about the customer and also being like, you know, I didn't make the clothes, so I don't care if you buy them. It's more so about making that connection with you and telling you what is really going to look good on you right. versus trying to make the sale. I don't care about the sale. I right. care about the person who's wearing the clothes, making sure that they feel comfortable and that they were either under budget or where they want it to be. Or if they have the, all the money in the world, then like they got what they wanted, not what they, not, they got what they needed, not what they wanted. Right. And, you know, speaking my truth and the whole thing with keeping my clients it's I genuinely care I genuinely care about every guest that I have because not only am I offering 
you know, a service for them, but I'm also offering that experience where I want it to be something where they look forward to that experience. And maybe they don't look forward to, I, I'm going to say they probably do look forward to their time with me or they wouldn't come back. But I'm just saying like, for me, I know it comes back to, I genuinely care about each person that gets on, we have tables that, you know, they have their services on. And I know for me, I genuinely care about each and every person that comes in there because you're spending a lot of money to spend sometimes 15 minutes with me and sometimes spending two hours. And I want that to be something that you look forward to as well. So I want it to be a full experience, whether that's you talking the entire time or I have so many people with lashes that fall asleep, that they snore the entire time and then they apologize. I'm so sorry. I don't care. I'm That's glad so awesome. that you came in. You got to take a nap because, girl, do not get me wrong. If I was on that table, I'd be doing the <laughs> same thing. I would be sleeping or, you know, sharing about my life, which I genuinely care about either way. You can sleep or you can talk. It doesn't matter. But I'm just glad that, you know, you're here and you chose to you know, have me provide that service for you. Right. That's, I mean, that's awesome. And that just leads into the next topic of being your own boss, because I can't tell you enough. Um, I'm talking on the retail end of how many stores are closing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really think it boils down to just the customer service and building that relationship that there's a, a disconnect that's occurring. Um, and I just feel like being your own boss is really building that customer loyalty, but also speaking your own truth and living in it. Because if you can't do that, then every day kind of like just feels like a lie, like you're holding on to something that you don't need to. So just being your own boss and walking in your truth is like the best advice I can give someone and just to heal whatever is going on with you and then just welcome other people in their stories. You know, it's almost funny, this topic to me, (laughs) because how you just touched on, you know, okay, being your own boss, but then how a lot of stores are closing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and customer service and this and that. So let's have a moment of squirrel again, where we get to like be on this topic, but side rail a little bit because do you online shop? Okay. Yes. But (laughs) all I'm thinking about is like the podcast title is I just want to put squirrel. Right. Right. That might be a good one for this because I felt like everything we talked about, we hit the topics that we said we were and we're not obviously finished with this topic. But there were a lot of side points that made this into a lot bigger than where we were, which I felt like happens with us. I like it. We start talking about stuff and then it's, well, what do you think about that? Well, I feel so a lot of feelings, that kind of stuff. But do you shop online? Yes, I do. Okay. So how do you feel like Shopping online doesn't take away from Oh, it businesses. absolutely does. It does, okay? But also, okay, so for instance, um, what's the store that closed? Ann Taylor. Okay, okay. they're at the mall. They closed. People were shopping online. They had the online option of shopping. People would return from online, and it would take from the daily sales of the store. Okay. How does that make any sense? Yeah. Okay, okay, so that's being your own boss of a company – you need to think of the logistics in that way because Banana Republic, you order from online, you return in the store, it goes back to on, like it stays in our store, it doesn't count against our day for online. It just, it's great AT for us and a great conversion. Okay, so that's the logistics side of it, yeah. right? For me, I can truthfully say I have never, ever 
ordered something offline. Oh, really? Ever. Never. Wow. Ever. People, <laughs> when I, I tell people this, they're like, are you serious? I am No dead. Amazon? No. So wow. my daughter dances and I've had to get a uh, leotard for her. Right. So what I've done is I have said, this is my one friend at work, Mackenzie. I'm like, hey, I need a leotard and I need it to be here in three days. Like, what do I do? She says, oh, you just get on Amazon. Well, I don't have Amazon. I don't have Amazon Prime. I don't know how many different kinds of Amazons there are, but I don't have even (laughs) the first one. So she got on for me. I gave her money, and she ordered it for me. So that's my version of online shopping is two times I've done that. I ordered a dress for a party that I needed in three days and this leotard. So... Both times gave her the money. She Kudos ordered it to you. for me. You're, you're a supporter. I am. And people think it's so, like, I can't believe, like, you don't online shop. Okay, well, here we go. I am one of those people. I like going into the store. I like seeing what I'm getting. I like human interaction. Right. I like face-to-face contact. I want to know what I'm getting. I don't want to get... Oh, I do not want to get home. You guys should see her face. She was like, because I can already see where she's going. She's like, I don't want to get home, and it's not what I wanted, right. and I have to go return it. Right. Like, I, that, okay, we, we just talked about anxiety. That is anxiety right there. You are asking to be anxious when you're ordering stuff online. You don't know what you're going to get. You might have ordered, like, some Cottonelle, and you might have got Charmin. You know, it's just one of those things, like, how do you know? You know, right. because you go into the store and you want Cottonelle, you're going to go to aisle 10 where the toilet paper is and you're getting Cottonelle. You right. already know that. You know it. So for me, online shopping is not the way to go. I don't like it. I don't believe in it. I think to each their own. She's not a millennial. No, I am, but I'm not. I know. I do not like online shopping. So for me... I don't know how this is going to relate to being your own boss. This is, like I said, a squirrel moment. But it's one of those things of like retail. Oh, because we were talking about retail closing and that kind of stuff. And it's because I think like people don't crave human interaction the way that we once used to. That's true. Every, you can go, how many, how many people have watched those videos online of people on their phone walking into poles, walking into holes, walking into fountains, falling down stairs. People are so connected all the time to their phone. But that also goes back to customer service because employees will not say hello sometimes. That is true. And people walk in stores and you're like, well, I'm I'm walking into your store. I want to spend money. And you're not getting... The human interaction that you were hoping for on that experience. I mean, I couldn't tell you time and time again, like, we had to coach hard at Banner Republic to be like, hey, are you greeting? How's your greet? How's it going? And there would be sometimes customers walk in, they're not being greeted until, like, the third room. And they're right. like, I just walked in. And like, you know, so I'm just like, that's just one example. But I think it's, like, a multitude of different factors that are making mortar brick and mortar stores close. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so awesome that you like you don't shop online. I'm an Amazon Prime user. I don't really buy clothes from Amazon. I'd rather go into a store and feel them. I don't buy clothes online often. Um, if it's unless it's from Amazon, it's like something trendy. Right. Um, but 
yeah, I, like I have to go into a store and actually like feel and try on and like that kind of stuff. And like I said, you know, definitely to each their own. I know it works for some people. I have said it is. I I do think it would be cool to walk home and have packages waiting for you. Like, ooh, what's in here? But right. at the same time, here we go. Me being anxious about what's in those packages. <laughs> I don't I don't like that. So right. I just prevent it and I don't do it. And that's what works for me right. at this point in my life. So this is not me saying I will not do it. Mm-hmm. I just, as of this point right in now, my life, don't. I'm not a fan of it and I don't see the need to do it. But the whole thing with like customer service too is, you know, I, I'd say at Soto, we pride ourselves on customer service. Um, we have a super intense uh, training program for our front desk staff. Um, my girl Jules does that. And it, I feel like, you know, it's intense in the sense of we lay out the expectations of you are expected to A, B, C, and D. Right. And I think that's what has helped us is being very clear on someone's walking in the door, you're greeting them, you are saying hello. Um, you know, and, and it is hard because we, and I have worked the front desk, that's how I started. And I can tell you people have walked in on their phones where then you do feel, do I say hello? Do I interrupt their phone call to let them know I'm here? Hello, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know, offer this service, this environment for you, and you're on your phone. Like, how do you, That's when you, you know, do work non-verbal, through that? Right, you know, where body you're kind language, of, and you just like, you wave. know, throw your hand up. Hey, <laughs> what's up? I'm here for you. Right, and so it is. It's one of those things of you know being able to decipher through all of that and being able to. So what we're talking about is just having that customer service awareness Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, how difficult it can be in, you know, engaging with customers when, per se, they're so not wanting to be engaged um, or just on their phone or that kind of stuff. And there's those times that you have to really dig, you know, for, I don't want to say information, but how are you? How's your life? Where good. Or like Fine. asking open ended oh. questions that will get you, you know, more of a response than, you know, do you want this? Don't ask yes or no questions. Ask, you know, um, you know, how was your weekend this past weekend? What activities did you do? Um, how was your Sunday fun day? You know, because like, you know, just keeping with the times or giving them a compliment. Right. You know, even saying, hi, I, I really like your necklace. Mm-hmm. And it starts a conversation that you really wouldn't think and especially in those days when you feel like as the service provider that you don't want to be engaging to people like oh, you're yeah. you're in your own mindset like you almost have to just be like I want to be here today I'm here today and then you just you know have to gravitate towards people right. um and asking them open-ended questions because then it actually pours into you them talking to you like that interaction with someone else right definitely I feel like with that and just the only other thing that I can say with that is just being, here we go, awareness is just being aware of, you know, you're going to have that group that chooses not to talk to you, open-ended questions or not. And this is going to be a lesson to parents, I feel like even, because I know for me being a mom, you know, when my when I have an adult, it doesn't even matter, an adult, a child, whatever, that's mm-hmm. talking to one of my kids you better stop whatever it is that you're doing and look at that person and answer their questions and speak. Right. That is one thing that I think 
with customer service, the whole thing is we have to do a better job as parents even teaching our kids how to have conversation. Because how many kids have you seen? And I'm saying kids, I'm going to go with like under 18 because, you know, there's a lot of people that you meet in your walk of life that are under 18 that you do try to have a conversation with. And that's when you're getting those one word answers. Yeah, no, good, fine, bad. I don't know. I can't stand, I don't know, how do you not know? Are, are you are you in your own head? How do you not know? Right. You know, but it's one of those things of like, I know with my kids when somebody is saying, oh, Lucy, where did you did it up? You better expand know. on that. You know what I mean? Right. Or looking at me, you know, wait, where did we get this? Oh, yeah, I got it, did it up. And Lucy's a social butterfly, so she likes to talk to people. Jackson's more of my like, no okay, where I'm like Jackson, you know, look at them and just teaching them those social cues of how to have a conversation. Cause I think sometimes it's just people truly do not know how to have a conversation. They don't know. So it's hard when you're trying to, you know, talk to people and they just genuinely don't know how to talk back to to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's almost kind of weird to put yourself in that headspace when you're not that type of person. Mm-hmm. Cause like my daughter is the same way. She's a social butterfly, but she's gotten into this like mindset of the <clears throat> one word answers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, or not remembering. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how do you not remember going to like the Mall of America? Mm-hmm. Like and doing that for a week. Like, and she's like, I didn't do that. I didn't do slime. I didn't get slime. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Bella, there is Nickelodeon there. You got slime. No, I didn't. Right. And I'm like, here's a picture. And she's like, oh, friends, yeah, yeah, I got slime. <laughs> and they're like, how did you not remember that? And she's like, but here, look, look. And I'm <laughs> right. like. Avoid, avoid, avoid. <laughs> Squirrel tactic. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I think that actually falls right into like being your own boss. Like figuring yourself out, just, you know, working on yourself and improving it. And if you have social social awkwardness or you don't know how to start a conversation, like start getting curious and going out there and getting uncomfortable mm-hmm. because that's the only way that you're going to be able to have a conversation is by saying, hi, my name is Susan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what is Susan like, you know, and, and figuring those things out about yourself so you can connect with people that are like-minded. Right. I would agree. And being your own boss, you know, it's, I think being in, being your own boss, not only in business, but being your own boss in life is so important because kind of what we were talking about earlier with everything, you constantly are looking to other people for how do I do this and how do I do that? So much of it is just, you have to learn. You have to learn how to manage your own life. You have to learn how to manage your family. You have to learn how to manage your time. Like so much of that is just taking that time to learn how to manage that. And I don't think being a boss necessarily has to be in a business sense. Like I love, you know, when I am with Leah and Victoria and I get to say, oh my gosh, this is my boss. Like I feel cool even saying it, but I feel cool even um, giving them that title because in my mind they are bosses, not because they, you know, own this business, but they are the definition of a boss to me. And to me, a boss is like this independent person. I don't need anybody to help me with this. I got this. I know how to do this and I'm going to grow you. A boss to me is somebody that handles their business the way that they need to. A boss is somebody that 
you know, wakes up every day ready to go, ready to slay, using all the, you know, slang terms for it. But I don't think being a boss necessarily has to be an actual leader in a company or a leader in, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. You can be the bottom person will say on the totem pole at work because you're the newest hire. I'm not saying because you're a, you're a bottom feeder. That's not what I mean. No, 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 no. (laughs) not what I mean, but I'm saying you can still be a boss in your own right. 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 You know, and I don't think that, you know, saying that there's anything wrong. I think I'm a boss in my own right. I like to be an alpha female. I will admit. And I like feeling, I don't want to say power because that's not the right word, but I like feeling in control of things that I can control. Mm-hmm. I you do like, to like feel that independent. Feeling. Yes. Of, so, of your own situation. Right. So for me, in my own right, I'm a boss, that's you know, right. and I'm a boss of my business because I feel like, you know, you make the business. Exactly. Whether that's home, whether that's friendships, mm-hmm. whether that's work, like that's where I take pride in who I am as a person because, you know, I give a lot of credit to my mom who there's, of course, a lot of things she did wrong, but there's a lot, a lot of things that she did right. And my work ethic, I love that I've always had that. And in my own right, being anything I can be. And she was always encouraging me, you can, you know, be whatever you want to be, Andrew. She was that mom. That's awesome. that always made me feel powerful. That always made me feel like, yeah, I can do that. I never one time, like I said, out of all the things that we've gotten into arguments about, my mom and I, never once ever has she ever said you can't do that or you won't be able to ever Mm -hmm. get that. Never. I've had some pretty wild outlandish dreams about what I want in my life and where I want to go. And my mom has always been like, okay, Okay. That's like the support that everyone needs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you you guys, listeners um, out there need any type of support, we're not therapists at all, but we are always like... Not legally. Right. Like we, (laughs) like send us your feedback. Like what are you going through right now that you want to be a boss in? And what are you being a boss in? Like share your achievements or what it is that you want to strive for with us, send it to the email, findyourstyle.life at gmail.com. Um, it'll be in the show notes too, so you guys can send feedback. Um, and it'll be there for you to copy and paste. But I think that's the end of our episode. Um, I really like the talking about emotions and feelings, so that'll probably be our next topic. So um, there's a lot of events going on here at Fame Winter Farms, you guys. Um, it'll be on the Facebook page. It'll also be in the show notes of all the events that are going on. So you guys can follow me on Facebook. You can look for Andrea there too. So you can get some of your lashes done and get some aesthetics done for your beautiful self. (laughs) Um, And until the next time, you guys have a great day.